At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. We are back at it, back and ready to rock and roll. This is the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show. So if you need ideas, you need market intel, you, you want to get rolling, let's hit it. Let's get after it. Yesterday, Blood red day in the market. We were looking like we were about to have a, a nice 2% hit on the SPY. Don't worry. We came back today. We're looking a little bit better. Um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but but I'm about back to where I was before yesterday. Uh, in the chat, I'm curious where everyone is at. Drop in where, where you guys are, how you're looking over these past two days. Um, and, and then let, let's get into it. So, so a handful of things that, that we have on the docket for today. Let, let me give you the, the quick rundown. Uh, we're we're going to start it off strong with, with a couple of trade ideas. All right. We're just going to jump straight into it today. We're, we're, we're going to get the trade ideas flowing. So, so, so that, that's the first part of it. Uh, and then at 1210, we're going to be talk, talking to Tracy Shuchart. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about oil. I also want to ask her some questions about her experience as a hedge fund trader, a trader executing trades for hedge funds, what that world was like. So we're going to get into that. Uh, at 1230 Eastern, we're going to have Dr. Robert Harari, the CEO of Solarity, uh, on the Power Hour ticker CELU, recently despacked. We had John Scully on the Power Hour yesterday. It's the company that he was going on and on about. We deliver for you guys. So we're following it up with the CEO of the company the next day. So if that does not deserve a like, a stream share, whatever it may be, I don't know what does. And then, guys, we got to talk NVIDIA. All right. Yeah, yesterday we, we sort of all gave our price predictions for Nvidia NVDA into the stock split today. Let, let let's go after those and, and let, let let's talk about those today. Hey, that that's the move. That's what we're rocking and rolling with. I said we're gonna start it off strong with the trade ideas. So let's get after it. I'm gonna go ahead and add my screen to the stream here, and I'm gonna throw you guys a couple zooms. Check this out. This is an awesome resource that we have on Benzinga.com. I'm going to put the link in the chat, but check it out. This is basically insider trade ideas, right? There's this big universe of insiders buying and selling stocks. What we did is we did the work of basically boiling those down, aggregating those down into here's how you can pick actual ideas and get symbols out of this big flow of trade ideas that exist out there. 
And, and why is this relevant now on a day like yesterday? We have the market down 2%. We're looking for these buy the dip type opportunities. Buy the dippers win again. It's probably up 1.5% today. But but when the market's down and we're looking for these buy the dip type opportunities, one of the default resources that I like to turn to are, are insider trades, okay? Um, you know, like, like Jason always says, there's a lot of reasons why insiders will trade their own stocks. Um, you know, they, they could be selling it for taxes, they're getting divorced, whatever that may be. But if they're buying shares, they're doing it for one reason, which is because they think that their, their stock price is going to go up. And, and so it, when we hit a day where a lot of these small mid cap, et cetera, type stocks are getting hammered, I go to this page that we have on Benzinga. Again, the link is in the chat. It's a free page. Um, and I look at what are some of these tickers that that insiders are buying. And I'm going I'm to call out two places in here that, that, that I think are, are especially interesting. So, so right up at the top, this this piece that I'm about to highlight, multiple insider buys. What does that mean? Th- these are these are stocks where more than one insider at the company is loading up on shares. Okay, so so if we're talking conviction level, it's not like you just had one director who went in and bought shares. No, th- th- this is multiple insiders at the company all buying stock. Right. So 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 if we look at, at this one, this number two ticker P E C O. Uh, what is that? F- Phillips Edison. Um, we, we see that there were three insiders that bought shares of the company, Leslie Chow, Gregory Wood, Jeffrey Edison, uh, and, and in aggregate, they bought $1.6 million worth of shares. Okay. So, so, so that, so that's one that's interesting to me. I like to look for, for these big numbers too, right? So we had five insiders at this stock, um, all bought shares, uh, we had four here, ticker A-N-I-X, uh, four insiders bought shares. The, the insider titles, if you see the first one at least, was, was the CEO of the company. And in, in aggregate, they, they bought $756,000 worth of shares, uh, increasing the, their, their stake of, of you know the, the group's holdings by 23%. Okay, a- ab- absolutely material. So, so, so that's the first place that I'm going to call out the, the first two ideas where I'm seeing the, these nice clusters of insider buys in size, uh, ticker P E C O, uh, stock number two, A N I X. All right. And then I'm going to scroll this down to somewhere else on this page. Check this out. Penny stock buys. Okay. Uh, yesterday, what, what stocks got cracked? Every stock got cracked. Okay. That that's the answer there. What stocks got the most cracked? It was a lot of these small cap, mid cap stocks, um, low price stocks. They, they took the most severe beating. So, so when we're in a day where the market's down, a lot of these smaller stocks are getting killed. I look at this as, okay, if I want to buy the dip, I want to look at where the insiders have been dumping money into their stocks um, and, and, and take advantage of some of those. So 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 check this out. I'm just looking at the, the first part of this page. Uh, I see this ticker, ticker DRTT. Um, I, I see that an insider insider bought seven and a half million dollars worth of the, worth of the stock. Okay, when, when, when we're talking about a four dollar and fifty cent stock, and an insider on one day buy seven and a half million dollars worth of stock, that's a strong bet on the company. We, we keep looking. We see this one, Ring Energy ticker R E I. It's an energy play. Uh, we see the stock is at two dollars and forty nine cents. Okay. One insider, uh, or I'm sorry, we have two insiders here. Two insiders in total bought $2.8 million of their company stocks, all right? So again, these are stocks below $5 where insiders are buying in size. 
you know, when, when we have a day where these are getting cracked, you want some ideas to buy the dip. The, these are all interesting. I mean, we, we, we see ring popping up twice with, with two different transactions that absolutely jumps out on my radar of this is a potential buy the dip candidate from there. I'm going to go look at the technicals and make a play on it. All right, guys. So, so, so there it is. I'm going to put this link in the chat one more time. Check it out. Um, I, I think on weeks like this week, it's an especially interesting page to check out. And especially on the days where some of these lower, lower market cap, lower price stocks are getting killed, go to the insiders. Okay. We, we look at the insider sales, right? The, these are not stocks that I, that I would buy on, on a down day, right? If I'm looking to buy the dip insiders are selling, I'm probably not going to be buying these. Um, versus, you know, you, you have insiders loading up on $3 million of their own penny stock. Boom. That, that, that's a catalyst right now, but let's look for fun at some of these stocks that insiders are selling here. Um, some high flying names, snowflake, you've got two different insiders selling their shares in snowflake. One of them was an 18 and a half million dollar sale. Another one of them, 868 K million dollar sale. That's telling me steer clear of snow. Um, and then look at Carvana, Carvana, you have two $18 million transactions. Okay. The space has been hot. Um, if we, if we look at, at, at this chart of Carvana, we see that the stock has been hot. These are daily candles that we have here. I wouldn't touch it. $18 million two two different insiders. No way. So, so, so those are the moves guys. Um, we want to take on some risk. We, 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 we want to make some, some, some trades. So there you guys go. I gave you the link. Uh, we also have the feed of all insider trades. So if you just want to be looking constantly at the stocks that insiders are buying and selling, take a look, see if there's any symbols you know about. We'll, we'll, we'll keep using this page um, as we go. Um, but again, I, I think that on these buy the dip type type days, the, this type of information be, becomes really relevant. Let's talk about something really interesting that, that I think is a hit to the traditional cable companies. So, so CNN out yesterday, producer AB, you actually brought this one to my attention. CNN came out yesterday with, with the press release that they're creating CNN Plus. So, so, so it's going to be a, a streaming live news service. Uh, and, and it's going to run concurrently with their current cable streaming. Okay. So, so you have CNN right now has their cable programming that they do all day. They're now going to be adding a second track, right? They're going to run at the same time. So similar type of content coverage, similar personalities that, that sound like they're going to be crossing back and forth. And, and basically the reason that CNN gave for doing this is, is they basically said, we make a ton of money by creating our content and licensing it out to the big cable networks. Um, those contracts stop us from licensing that same cable in a streaming capacity. Okay. So, 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 so that, that's the problem. And so the solution that CNN is coming to is, is that they are actually going to be creating concurrent broadcasting, um, that, that is going to be only for the streaming networks. So, so they're going to have one feed that's going to go to just cable. They're going to have one feed that, that goes to just streaming. The reason why I'm saying this is potentially an issue for the traditional cable businesses, uh, is, is that they, they sort of had this, this lockup right? Where, where they own that content. Nobody else had access to it. CNN is, is doing the workaround and creating literally just a second set of programming. They said they have to hire 450 people in order to do this. Um, so, so that way they can get around that. It, it takes a lot of power out of the hands of the big cable networks. Um, and and so, so that's why I think it's an especially interesting move. And we do, Luke, have our first guest here. I think it's time to get to that. 
Uh, just a quick preview. We we have Tracy Shukart, who's going to be talking to us about oil trade, some energy, as well as some of the inner workings in the hedge fund industry. Uh, hedge funds have been an uh, interesting topic over the last six months, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let, 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 let's let's bring her on. Tracy, we, we only have a, a handful of, of minutes, unfortunately, so so I want to jump straight into it. Can, can, can you give us the beat on the oil sector or, or the energy sector, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more broadly? We, we, we've had some volatile price movement. I, I know that, that you're the expert. Um, so, so can you tell us what's caused that and, and where we're sitting now? Right. Well, first of all, I mean, I think it's kind of like a threefold thing. First, um, we finally had an OPEC decision, right, where they're going to add more barrels on the market. So I did expect a pullback. I didn't expect that big of a pullback yesterday, although I did expect um, it to be in the 65, 75 range for a little bit. Um, but this bond move, this move in the U.S. Treasuries is exacerbating this move. Um, obviously, um, you know, yields where they're sitting is affecting all kinds of inflation hedge trade trades. Um, and so this kind of, this, this move in the treasuries has forced people to basically take off a lot of their inflation hedges. Um, and people were using oil as an inflation hedge, uh, more so than say gold. Got it. And so, so <clears throat> let, let me ask you this question too. When you're looking at, at, let's say the price of oil, uh, what what is the best indicator for that? Are are you looking at at the futures market? Are you looking at at the front month, uh, the continuous contract? What what exactly pricing mechanism have you found is most useful? Yeah, I mean generally, <clears throat> yeah, generally. Well, I look at the futures markets and then I look at the um, at the curves, right? Because you can tell like the near month curves and then sort of where the back end is going. So that way you can tell if the market's um, getting more backwardated, right? That's a little bit more bullish. Um, mm -hmm. Or if it starts to move in contango, then you can, you know, kind of see a pullback in the market. Um, and really what we saw is right when we were around 75, you kind of saw those uh, calendar spreads start to collapse a little bit. Um, so that was kind of an indicator that we were going to see a pullback in oil. Got it. Okay. Um, and, and, and so, so you, 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 you saw the pullback. Um, are, are we still at downside risk? And I'll say this, I'm, I'm, I'm a USO shareholder. Okay. It's the ETF that tracks the price of oil. I know I'll get shit for that, but, but that's the reality of it. <laughs> Nobody likes that instrument. Um, I've been in the red for about three years now. I've, I've had the position on for probably five years. Um, <laughs> You know, how, how much forward-looking risk do I still have? I mean, <clears throat> honestly, uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I manage an energy and materials portfolio for a family office too. And so um, our energy positions are much longer term. So right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of stalled out here in the $65, $75 range, right? Because we've made, I mean, look at it. We've made a $115 move to the upside, basically, from uh, that 37, negative 37. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. And once we get start getting over $75, then we're having a problem with emerging um, and their regrowth after the pandemic, right? That starts hurting emerging markets. So really I'm kind of looking for this market to stall out here just a little bit. Um, and then looking into next year, um, I 
definitely think it's possible that we we hit that $100 mark, although I don't think it's a sustainable price um, for any length of time, but I definitely think that we can see that and out in 2022. Okay. And outside of oil specifically, is there anything else in, in the commodity markets or in the broader energy space that, that catches your eye right now? Nat gas, right? Okay. So now U.S. Nat gas is trading at a significant discount to TTF with um, European Nat gas and JKF, which is uh, the Asian Nat gas contract. So basically what that means is that we can, U.S. can export and still come under costs with the cost of transportation right now. Um, and I think there's, you know, a lot of room. I mean, we've had very depressed natural gas prices for five years now. So I think we see, you know, spike in that gas a little bit, uh, as well as, you know, it's going to be a transition fuel, right? So it's going to, it's a lot of... Uh, Emerging markets, again, um, Asian markets, uh, uh, Central American markets and African markets um, are going to be needing a lot of this. And um, <clears throat> so the way that I'm playing that instead of um, like the UNG contract or um, or with the futures market is actually uh, we're in I'm in that gas stock. So something like Antero Resources, Sandridge um, are my two top picks that market right now okay awesome well well, well tracy we're, we're getting a still having a, a little bit of technical difficulty in, in your your audio keeps cutting in and out on us we we were at least overdraft fees are just the worst get up to 200 dollars in fee-free overdraft with a chime checking account sign up today at chime.com slash goals 24 banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply it's able to mind us yeah it does <laughs> I, We're gonna I have would, to find a better. My, day. I have a new microphone. It's a, it's a okay, bad Tuesday. <laughs> it's a bad Tuesday. We're, we're I have to. I got a new mic, so I have to figure out how to work it. All right. Well, well, well. I appreciate you working through all the difficulties in the background for for us. Um, and 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 coming on and and talking some ideas. And and once we're like a few more days into the new mic, we'll have to do this again. Because it's helpful. We don't spend nearly enough time on this show talking about energy markets. Um, and, and it's something that, that we really ought to be doing. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry about my yeah. audio. No, we're, you're fine. No worries. All we'll right. get you on. We'll get you on soon. All right. Cool. Alrighty. All right. Enjoy. Thanks, Tracy. All right, producer AB. So, boom, there we go. Uh, tickers in the chat, natural gas. Um, I'm, I'm going to read them off. UNG, B-O-I-L, Boyle, U-N-L. Um, so, so if anybody is interested in that natural gas thesis, those are some of the ETFs to get exposure. Of course, you can do futures. ETFs are just easy and accessible. Um, and, and producer AB, we, we, we have another big guest we're about to bring on. Yes. Um, so, so, so guys, we, 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 we have a, a big interview we're about to bring on company se second day despacked. Uh, so, so, so it, it's a fresh one on the market. After that, uh, we're going to be talking in NVIDIA, Dr. Robert Harari joining us on the power hour. It is a pleasure to have you here. 
everybody that the company is celerity the ticker is c-e-l-u charlie echo lima uniform uniform there we go helping me out already uh, but, but but dr harari we're, we're honored to have you here thanks for joining us especially in such a busy time when when you just finished the despacking process it's a pleasure to be with you thanks for having me uh, absolutely um, and, and uh, I, I guess, but before we dive into it, um, can, can you just give us a little bit of background on the company? Certainly. So Cellularity is a company that is focused on delivering cellular medicines, all derived from the postpartum placenta, a platform that we are credited as uh, discovering as really an ideal source of one size fits all cells that can be developed into medicines for cancer, for degenerative diseases, and for the future for treating uh, what, what I call uh, loss of human performance with age or as a consequence of illness. So we're, um, as you probably know, we're the one and only spinoff of a biotech company called Celgene Corporation. And uh, we've spent the last, the last um, three years uh, after breaking away from Celgene in building our, our platform and building our technologies in different uh, disease indications. And, and, and I, I wanted to ask a question just to, just about the SPAC process and the de-SPACing process in general. Um, you know, a, a lot of companies have, have taken this route to become public. Uh, was, was there anything that surprised you uh, about that process as a whole? Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was an incredibly time-consuming, if, if there, there were challenges that, that you don't think you would have faced with the traditional IPO. There's just anything that, that was surprising for you as an operator of a business going through that process. You know, I think that it, all in all, we were quite satisfied with the, um, the Special Purpose Acquisition Corporation leadership, who we met through one of our board members and uh, who shared our vision for creating a global leader in this in this industry. Uh, and although uh, some of the, the requirements had shifted, some of the SEC requirements for the way special purpose acquisition corporations handled uh, the accounting of warrants, which introduced a delay, all in all, I was actually quite satisfied. It was an efficient uh, and, and relatively uh, straightforward uh, process. And um, I think we're, we're seeing that we, we've come out of the DSPAC uh, in a in a relatively strong form, and we're optimistic about the future. Okay, and, and yet yesterday on our show we we had John Scully join us, for, former president of Pepsi, CEO of Apple, very very storied uh, or Steve Jobs storyteller. Um, how, how did you get him involved in the company? That that that's that's something that that I, I saw a lot of folks in the chat asking about. You know, I'm very fortunate. Over the years, uh, I've gotten to know John and have become uh, a, a, a very friendly with him. And as you can imagine, like all of us, we're big fans of the work he's done with some landmark companies, really helping drive the process of innovation around what he has always described as the, as the noble cause. And I think in the interview yesterday, he probably shared with you that he learned that language in working with, with uh, the legendary Steve Jobs. And, and that inspired me uh, because I believe in many ways turning living cells into medicines is also a noble pursuit. Uh, to, to ask John to share his, uh, his experience and counsel with us when we were formulating the plan to spin out of Celgene, and I was very fortunate to have John join as a founding uh, director and also my vice chairman of my board. 
So the relationship goes back many, many years. And uh, J John's been a remarkable, remarkable uh, advisor. Okay. And, and then there's also something with the Pope. You, you, you were awarded, uh, <laughs> you, you received an award from Pope Francis. So, so, so we have, we have John Scully, we have Selgene, we have the Pope. I mean, there's, there's a lot of like, like amazing connections here. Tell us about that one. Well, as you probably remember, if you go back 20, 25 years, when stem cells first emerged as a scientific platform, um, most of the work done to, to uh, identify, um, procure, and then, uh, and then process those cells from embryos or fetal material was met with both controversy, but also a lot of technical hurdles. If you go back to 1999, 2000, when the predecessor company to Cellularity was first forming, we recognized that the postpartum placenta, the waste product of a full-term healthy pregnancy, in all likelihood was an ideal source of cells for this emerging field. And so um, I was very fortunate. Uh, I give my oldest daughter credit with kind of educating me about this when she was in utero. Uh, I spent uh, several years interrogating the leftovers of these healthy pregnancies and found out that in fact, the placenta is nature's stem cell factory. And it was, it was very straightforward to create uh, uh, processes by which we procured these organs after after birth under full informed consent, uh, under very rigorous controls, and then isolated the cells from the organ and turned that into a, a raw material for the production of huge quantities of very, very high quality cells. And today in things like immunotherapy for cancer, treating degenerative diseases, having an access to a cell that can be mass cultivated and expanded is very valuable. But consider that the placenta, because of its biology, is nature's perfect universal donor tissue. We now had a, a source material that could be used to produce a product that's one size fits all. And then you add to that the science around creating ways to uh, manufacture uh, and, then, and then store these cells for long periods of time in stable cryopreservation. It's the perfect off-the-shelf, one-size-fits-all inventoryable product for cellular medicine. And and so 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 basically, because you 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 had this this different mechanism to to get the stem cells, that that's how the relationship with, with uh, the the Pope developed. So the Pope, right? as you know, as you know, representing the Catholic Church, um, at which at one time was somewhat resistant to the concept of using any source of cells which might um, might. Uh, compromise the integrity of a of a of a developing uh, embryo or fetus was was acknowledging that our discovery that you can collect these cells from the placenta after the birth's been completed was a breakthrough meaningful of an innovation award. So the Pope was uh, was gracious enough to provide us with the uh, uh, pontifical award in innovation for that discovery. Okay. So, so, so I, am just going to keep us on, on the, the same track of, of, of this crazy network that, that, that we're going through is so we have Celgene, John Scolia, the Pope. Uh, there's also a relationship with Palantir. Uh, that that's a, a stock that, that we see talked about all the time in, in our chat for almost daily on this show. Uh, can, can you tell us about some of that work that you guys are doing? So again, very fortunate that, um, uh, Palantir, which has a deepening interest in the biological sciences and the healthcare industry, uh, uh, sought out an opportunity to discuss the possibility of working together. And as you know, uh, as a company which procures 
cells and biological materials from donors, and those donors are all different. They're genomically different. They have different underlying molecular profiles. Um, we, we entered a discussion where we wanted to use Palantir's computational and uh, 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 intelligence uh, systems uh, expertise to help us design tools to both uh, interrogate and qualify the donors uh, to our uh, sort of cell libraries, uh, and then use those technologies to figure out how we could predict which donors of which cells were predictive of a high degree of activity and safety, uh, which donors might in fact confer certain biological properties that were useful clinically. And so this, this industry, cellular medicine, is still in its infancy. We saw this as a great opportunity to use that great capability to enhance the quality of our products. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a super interesting business. I mean, an amazing problem that that you're trying to solve. Um, I, I guess coming back back to to the business and, and the treatment a little bit more specifically. I, I know you talked about you know uh, you're working towards solving this problem of human decline. Uh, you know, can, can you just go a little bit deeper as, as to what that means more specifically? Certainly. And this is this is all work that is at, an, at a very early stage that is buttressed by our work in immuno-oncology and in degenerative diseases. But as you can imagine, one of the great uh, opportunities in the future will be to find ways to arrest or mitigate the degenerative changes that occur with aging. Um, there's a a growing wealth of, of literature, scientific literature, that, that strongly supports the concept that you might be able to improve uh, the quality of, of and functionality of organs and tissues by restoring or enhancing the stem cell population that's necessary for the ongoing renovation and renewal of those tissues with age. So if you think about it, we are Every human being, every, every, every organism is going through a process of renovation and renewal that's driven by stem cells. It seems like a logical next step that if you can enhance those stem cells, either by augmenting them or by supporting them somehow, you would actually improve the quality and performance and functionality of those organs and tissues in the aging population. So that's, that's a long vision opportunity, but it's one of the things that intri always intrigued me about cellular medicine. Okay, and, and and I can tell by by talking to you that that you know that this business is more than than just a profit for you, you know it goes beyond just, just wanting to build a company that 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 generates cash flow. What what was it that that I, I guess launched uh, you know the, this passion to to start the business to try to solve these problems? I mean, is is it an overarching vision that you have? Is is there some sort of personal connection toward, towards solving this? I'm I'm curious as, as to how you got that spark because I mean it's these are I imagine amazingly difficult and big problems that that you're trying to solve. Well, I mean that's a great question, and I think it it. it uh, speaks to um, how, as a as a uh, as a surgeon scientist who is very interested in, in traumatic brain injury and to find ways to better manage and improve the outcomes for patients with those injuries, when stem cells hit the uh, hit the scientific literature, I was intrigued by the possibility that that might be a tool we could use to 
restore function in a damaged, uh, injured brain. And obviously from there, it expands into a whole host of other clinical applications. But suffice it to say that, that biologically, if you think about it, um, stem cells in our body are a repair kit. They're nature's repair kit. So if that, if, if that holds true, then why not find ways to, to productize uh, living cells to support, supplement that toolkit to treat a range of diseases. So I'm a believer that cellular medicine is here to stay. We already have cellular medicine impacting the way we treat cancer with things like um, engineered uh, T cells, CAR T therapy, and so on. But the future in my mind is going to be using all of these tools, uh, immunologic cells, engineered versions of those cells, uh, stem cells that retain their, their, their kind of differentiation, versatility, all those things will be wrapped up into tools which will uh, uh, improve improve response to disease and injury, improve recovery, and ultimately maintain human performance as we age. That's where I think and where I believe this field has the potential to go. In the meantime, it is my it is my job and my focus to get us to get our our programs in cancer and other serious diseases advanced to registration so that we can use the um, uh, the profits and the commercial opportunity there to help fuel the future research that this company will do. Okay, and and, and let, let me ask you one more. This is typically the the hardest question that I ask. Um, but 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 if you had to name one thing that that you're most excited about on the horizon, uh, what what would that be? Well, I, I have to tell you that I'm extremely excited about cellularity's programs uh, in in natural killer cells, including versions of those cells which are engineered to express certain uh, characteristics that make them really effective at working with, for example, approved monoclonal antibodies in cancer. And I'm extremely excited about our placental CAR-T program, uh, which will be an, an off-the-shelf, one-size-fits-all, allogeneic alternative to autologous CAR-T therapy. And because the placenta is such a rich source of cells, I believe that these products will have the quality and economics to help lead the industry. Well, well, Dr. Hariri, we appreciate you joining us on the Power Hour, giving us the breakdown. Um, I mean, super interesting business, clearly one driven by passion on your side. Crazy network we we covered from the Pope to Celgene to Palantir to John Scully. So, so, you know, we wish you the best of luck as you begin your life as a public company. Really, really grateful for your time. And thank you. The questions were great. And I enjoyed being with you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. All right, guys. One more time. Ticker, Charlie, Echo, Lima, uniform. Got the uniform. Got that correction right out of the gate. Again, Charlie, Echo, Lima, uniform. There it is. Check it out. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com.